4: fantasy freaks and geeks what's up we welcome you into the nfl fantasy live podcast james go here with you joined alongside by mg mike guy marcus grant what's up man what's going on man uh good i'm chilling chilling i came back from a fun spring
3: training weekend out there oh that's right yeah man Uh, how was that it was good so It was sort of eventful. Went to a couple games. Okay. One, we were at the game where, unfortunately, well, unfortunately if you're a Giants fan, uh, Madison Bumgarner broke his hand. Oh. That sucks. So he's out six to eight weeks. Yep. But, so, funny story. I'll tell this quickly. Sunday, uh, we were going to catch one more game because it was the last day of spring training games. Here we go and try to get lawn seats for Diamondbacks, Rockies, figuring, "Eh, you know, it's not going to be a big deal, right? We we rolled up there just before first pitch. Yeah. And they're like, lawn seats are sold out. Don't. Next price price point up is sixty eight dollars
4: for a spring training for a game? practice game. Oh come on, that
3: bro. doesn't count. So we're like, That's okay, well cool. now what? So as we're walking out, you know I they mean, have the the minor bucks. they have the minor league fields along each side, and so minor league game is about to start. Yeah, like, oh, it's just we're here. Let's just sit down for a couple of minutes, just watch these dudes, and we'll figure out what we're gonna do next. And so we're watching it, and first inning, this guy hits a home run. Okay. As he's touchy, touching home plate, and walk, dr- jogs past us. to. Minor, we're on little league style bleachers, just like yeah. little short little bleachers, like right next okay. to the field guy jogs past us to the dugout. My buddy says, I think that's Nolan Arenado." What? Only, you know, the best third baseman in the National League. That's right. We're like, oh. Why is he? Oh, crap. That, that really is him. He... Next inning, guys at the plate, we're like, that's that's Paul Goldschmidt. What's happening here? I don't understand. What is that? Carlos Gonzalez's play. Basically, I guess these guys are just kind of getting some work in, just getting a couple of A-Bs. But, yeah, like. Just crushing balls. They sat there for like five <laughs> innings. And I think they were they were playing short lineups because these guys were hitting literally every oh, single I
4: inning. You, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, we're like Wow, well, that's pretty dope.
3: Screw you and your $68 tickets. Yeah. We saw a couple of best <laughs> players in the National League for free. Yeah, exactly. So. I love it. And Excellent. then once those guys have shut it
4: down
5: for the day, we're like, okay, let's okay, go. Okay, let's somewhere.
4: go. Uh, boy, young boy, Matt Harmon, West Virginia's finest, from wide receiver prognosticator himself. It is Matt Harmon. What's up, man?
5: Uh, well, I don't know any of the words that you all just said, okay. <laughs> but I do have some breaking news. I was going to say, news. if you didn't break it, I was going to break it. Uh big quarterback trade here in the NFL. Big one. The you Brown, we got a big the, one. The Browns have traded backup quarterback Cody Kessler to the Jaguars.
3: The trade tsunami continues. <laughs>
5: uh, oh man, I just wrote about all Greg, the trades a couple weeks ago. Greg I gotta Rosenthal. go and add oh, no, that one. No. Greg
3: Rosenthal's trade tsunami
4: continues. Yes.
5: So yes, but uh in good. other news, yeah, I'm yes. fine.
4: Okay, good. <laughs> Producer Christina in the building. What's up? What's up? How you doing?
2: Good. How are you
4: feeling? It. You got a what? A Steelers.
5: Yep. Shirt. Yeah. Are you Steelers fan? Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Well, we, <laughs> this is going to change a few things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I franchise
4: is gone. So we. Yeah, to, I thought we
5: were rid of that franchise. Uh, well, not not the, that the, fra- the, the, the football franchise right. the, of the Steelers. Yes, oh no, we're not, everywhere. Uh, no, yeah. <sighs> I know. Terrible or towels. Or just another one of the privileged fan bases terrible in the NFL. <laughs> in the Do you and Damashek get into the whole like, woe is us? We've never won anything recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually
2: funny how the entire pod squad is Steelers fans, pretty That's much. It's actually a good point. Tamposi's the outcast. She's the outlier.
5: Patriots huh? fan. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh no! Uh, another another downtrodden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tough luck franchise. One day
3: things will turn around for them.
5: Yeah. <laughs> one day. <laughs> Well, because those you, Emma, and oh man, so, were there are other people in there. Kent, Kent is, is uh, also. Is, is, Kent Eddie, is, is Eddie Murphy is. a Steelers? Fan? No, he's a Giants no. fan. Okay. Giants, which is just easy to ignore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we forget about that. Oh. all right, there
4: you go. Hey, we got a great show in front of us here today. Uh, Going to be breaking down all the signings and uh, and news that happened in the NFL over the past week. We're welcoming in Doug Farrar from Bleacher Report as well. Uh, got an interview lined up with the great Doug Farrar, who will break down a lot of um, Sam Darnold, will break down some of his favorite prospects, maybe give us a couple sleepers if he's got the time as well. Uh, he is the lead scout for Bleacher Report. Looking forward to talking to him. And, of course, we shall close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. But we start your show, as we always do, with your top fantasy headlines. Oh my God! The news. We yes. really do have breaking news.
5: Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles and the <laughs> Patriots are playing at the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news.
3: News. <laughs> news. Hey! Wow. wow! Wow! We got new drops. Hey. Wow! What? How
5: head? long? How
4: long until shadowy league figures take this away from us? I don't. I, you know what? I would be shocked if they did. Um, wait, well, it's, it's all.
5: So, I-, I heard my voice in there, and yes. I wasn't asked for permission. So we'll you- be hearing from my, <laughs> my legal for, from, from from your Char- representation. Charlie's going Charlie to call me tapping up?
4: tapping out a strongly worded
5: email <laughs> <Yeah>. sometime
4: <laughs> <laughs> soon. Chuck,
5: Chuck, you're <laughs> oh there. Man.
4: Um, I'll tell you know, franchise is in there too.
5: Oh, oh. so he lives on. Yeah, but he's on also not an employee with us anymore. So he so, you definitely could be hearing from his legal representation. Okay.
4: Well, Mackenzie can find me later, I guess. But yes, we got new drops today very excited thank Christina. god
5: that was getting awful having us just like that was
4: over a year that we've been doing
5: that yeah which
4: it's pretty bad okay <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: but I, I i also wanted to make sure we actually kept in some of the manual sounds we made it oh, yeah, sure. so, yeah, sure. so it was good we just added a little bit of extra stuff in there a little ian rapaport Uh, was in there. Oh, wow. Celebrity. Yeah, I know, exactly. So it's good stuff. Uh, No, but uh, Christina uh, helped uh, put that together. uh, Awesome. and, And we worked as a
5: team.
2: We did. It was overdue. You
5: yeah, worked as definitely. a team. Yeah. <laughs> See, Christina <laughs> gets in here she's like, uh-uh, but, yeah. nah, that's uh, enough uh, of this. Yeah, that's yeah, enough of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We I'm going to work on this podcast. It's we got to get We're, we're going to do this right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, exactly. right. So there you go. Meanwhile, we had Erica back there, and she's like, I don't care. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very concerned about making my Twitter videos and whatever it is. Yeah, she's yeah. Doing. Priorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it as
4: well. Top headline, the Rams, they seem to be going for it, man. They signed and Sue to a one-year 14 million-dollar deal, pairing him with fellow defensive tackle Aaron Donald. This, after the Rams also acquired Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters to play in the secondary as well. I mean, this Rams defensive unit, good Lord, I mean, it's funny because, you know, people are trying to nitpick their linebacking core or whatever it might be. But good God almighty. Okay, so the guys up front get after the quarterback, the guys back in the back. Yeah,
3: I mean, yes, the linebacking <laughs> core is not It maybe it's not the greatest one in the league, but <laughs> yeah. right. I think it'll be fine I with everybody else
5: fine. around
4: them. I think they'll be fine.
5: They've kind of shown, even last year, and I think when they traded away Alec Ogletree, that they're kind of okay with, like... Obviously, yeah. They're okay with not having a good linebacker and not being a very good run defense. Like, last year, they weren't a very good run defense. Obviously, and Sioux definitely going to help that. Right. He's be- th-
4: one of the best run stuffers in the NFL. Yeah,
5: for sure. But I think they have realized, like, you know what? How you win in the NFL is with our great offense, you get a league. I mean, you get a lead. lead. Yep. You get a lead. And then you hunt the other quarterback and force him to throw into the secondary, which is... Right. Uh, unbelievable.
3: When does Kinsu write his piece for the Players' Tribune explaining why he <laughs> made this move? I think February.
4: <laughs> he doesn't like the media. He hates the media. <laughs> he ha- he
3: hates the media. Um, it's good thing he's going to a place where, you know, there's a small media community. <laughs> there's not a lot of cameras in this city. Uh,
4: that being said, I think there's enough – other guys like Marcus Peters, you know, Tlaib, uh, that will, I, I think, fill that media void. You know what I mean? Especially and Aaron Donald's there as well. So,
5: And he's uh, only here on a one-year
4: deal. One-year deal. One-year, $14 million deal. I, I think it's a great deal for the Rams uh, because, you know, they're not going to lock up a lot of money into a guy who is, quite frankly, getting a, a, up there a little bit in age. And motivation has been in question Throughout Sue's career as well, so if it doesn't work out, hey, you wipe your hands with it, you move on, you still got a great defense, you know what I mean? But it seems as if 2018, they are going for it, man. So
3: they are the they're the first fantasy defense off the board, correct?
4: Is it is it? I was just about or to the, ask. Or is, is, it, the, is it still, is it still the Jags. Jacksonville? Still the
3: Jags or is it the Rams? Or
4: is it the Rams? And I'm leaning to towards the Rams, and the reason I say this is, is there because the new hotness. Well, not not just that, but also because. Because the offense can score, they're going to put pressure on opposing offenses to put that ball in the air. Well, we know that when opposing offenses have to do that, it opens up the door for sacks. It opens up the doors for interceptions. Hell, even strip sack fumble recoveries, right? So pick sixes. However a defense is scoring, that's how you kind of want to lay it out.
5: Yeah, I I think that. The Rams will end up being that. I don't really care. I'll never end up drafting them. Doesn't matter. Uh, because no, because you
4: have to draft them like the
3: ninth
5: round, yeah, right? Which is just never, ever, ever. ever <laughs> happen. Uh, but but I think that your point about them getting a the lead is is huge. And the Rams really aren't done. They have a first round pick in, in this draft. They don't have a second round pick, but you could easily see them take another edge rusher. Because as great as they have Darnold and and Sue there, they don't really. They tri- Robert Quinn is gone. They don't really have. A great presence on the edge, um, but also I think having Wade Phillips there is kind of the the straw that stirs the drink. Yeah, and on this, and that's I think that's why one. they could because Sue took fourteen million dollars. I guarantee you that Jets offered that they rescinded yeah it was, in, was like, more than that yeah well I bet it was more than that and I bet it was hey I'm not coming to you so then they tried to break up with him before he broke up with them. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> uh, but I think the Phillips fact was huge I actually just wanted to share a little th- note that I got from when I interviewed Nickel Roby Coleman the the Rams slot corner okay Uh, who was, spent his first year with the Rams last year and, and actually just got a pretty decent deal to come back there when I was talking to him about Wade I, I asked him so is, is, is he different than any other coach you played for previously and he gave an emphatic answer i tweeted out the, the screenshot of it about how different it is to play for wade phillips and what he mostly talked about was how he puts them in position to do what they do best yeah according to their athletic ability and so then everything else just comes much easier and i said so basically it's it's coaching to fit what your players do best it seems like an easy concept but not enough coaches do it right and, and he like i can't emphasize enough just how in the moment he's like Right, right. It's easy, like, but exactly, they don't do it. So it's funny to hear that from a player. Let me give you a couple uh, quotes from
4: Wade Phillips, okay? This is uh, back in 2015 uh, when he was with the Broncos. He had a quote, you adapt the scheme to what the players can do. And he has firmly believed that throughout his entire career. Which really just seems like common sense. But, it you know, does. But we
3: see so many coaches who are square pegging and in, in – Not doing
4: well, Uh, and and we talk about it all the time. Which is, look, you got to find players to fit your scheme. That's a common parlance in the NFL. It just happens to be, yes, does Wade Phillips have a scheme? Absolutely, but it's adaptable enough and and pliable enough where he he sees a different type of talent, uh, he can adapt his scheme to fit that. As a matter of fact, remember the 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 Rams themselves went from a four three to a three four. And there was a lot of questions as to whether or not Aaron Donald would be a schematic fit in a 3-4 because generally in a 3-4 you want your nose tackle to be huge. We're right, talking yeah. like 330. And Aaron or Donald, even
5: your your defensive end, you want you typically the Steelers would have those like six five, six six, three hundred pound.
4: That's guns. exactly right. But Aaron Donald, he's actually pretty small. Yeah. Uh, for a for a defensive tackle, he's two hundred eighty five pounds. So there was, I think, rightfully questions as to whether or not Donald, who is one of their best defensive players would actually thrive in this situation, and he absolutely <laughs> killed it. And he's doing pretty well. Hey, uh, quick
3: update well. on this Cody Kessler trade. Yes. The compensation yes. as they reported. Back. What is it? The Jags obviously get Cody Kessler. The yeah. Browns yes. get a 2019 conditional seventh-round pick.
5: Oh. Cool. Oh, so yeah.
3: basically the Jags gave wow. up like a ho-ho and a
4: 10-speed. To get Cody Kessler, a there. conditional, a con- seventh, conditional round seventh round pick <laughs> in twenty nine. <2019. laughs> what is the condi- By the way, what's the condition like? Cody he's Kessler has to. Roster. Cody Kessler has to like play. I think it a snap just, if he makes. The- <laughs> if he's just on the roster, <laughs> that's amazing. Right. Wow, that is that's trading a guy for free. That is amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's um. Uh, can I? I'll, I'll bring up one thing that gives me a little bit of pause for Sue going to the Rams. Just 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 one thing. He's never played in a 3 4. Yeah. Never. Um, I, and again, uh, per next gen stats, Sue played in a base 4 3 for all of his three seasons in Miami. As a matter of fact, under Vance Joseph in 2016, he played one snap in a three down lineman. I formation Can
3: I can I ask a question? Yes. Were you listening to yourself speak moments ago when you said there was trepidation about Aaron Donald maybe a <laughs> new scheme? Yeah. That's exactly. And they killed it. The- <laughs> and the, the,
5: biggest, the <laughs> biggest thing is like, yeah, there are three four base teams are a four three base, mm-hmm. but when like everybody's playing in nickel now, you know, like the slot corner Roby Coleman is going to be out there for the majority of the snaps. They're playing with five defensive backs, and that means you're probably playing with four down linemen. So you can call them whatever you want, but it's probably still going to be, for the majority of defensive plays, Donald on the inside and Sue on the inside hunting the passer. Yeah,
4: but Michael Brockers is there as well. I feel like as if he's just kind of the forgotten. Yeah. He's a run. He's a great run star. And he's just a good player overall, and, uh, and Wade Phillips used him all over uh, that defensive line as well. But it is interesting because all three of those guys – Are technically tackles. right? So, again, uh, just just a little something to keep in mind. That's all. That's all. Um, Alan Hearns is now a Cowboy, signing a two-year, $12 million deal. It's basically a one-year, $5 million deal with incentives. It can reach $6 million, but uh, they definitely have an out after one year, uh, given all the parameters here. But Alan Hearns to the Cowboys, in conjunction with that, Dez, rumored now to be cut by the Cowboys at some point Jordan Schultz from Yahoo is absolutely certain of it as a matter of fact he tweeted out that Dez will be cut after the draft and the financials here at least kind of sort of make sense uh, he would count for we're talking about Dez would count for 16 million against Dallas's cap cutting him would save the team about 12 and a half million bucks and look we've been saying it on this very podcast that the financials at least make it a possibility that Des does get cut if he doesn't want to restructure his deal but if it happens what are we thinking about now with Dak Prescott in that passing game Alan Hearns who has uh, struggled to stay healthy somewhat over the last couple of years uh, I don't think he reads as a number one guy and Jason Witten is is getting up there in age I mean they don't really have a lot of guys that can separate.
5: I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, shocking. Uh, I mean, I think we've beaten the Dez thing to death that he needs to no longer be their primary X receiver blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, needs yeah. to go on the Fitzgerald path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Rap Sheet was on the Around the NFL podcast earlier this week, and they talked about this signing, and they asked him who he thought the odd man out would be. He said it could be Cole Beasley, because if you look at Hearns, he's played majority out of the slot the last two years. Cole Beasley was Terrible last year as a yeah. slot receiver created. No separation. Which he is, could wrap, though. Which yeah, right. Which is, <laughs> but that's what you need out of your slot receivers. You need them to be an easy receiver that gets separation and yeah, yeah, yeah. can do some high percentage and can, throws. And can
3: drop some bars. And, <laughs> and drop that bars. Also is, is
5: helpful. Uh, Cole Beasley was only dropping bars uh and wasn't <laughs> dropping any big good plays on the football field last year. So that's one thing to look at. Yeah. Uh, I think Hearns replaces his position. Interesting. I do think Dallas is going to consider a wide receiver at the 19th overall pick. Yeah. I would not be shocked if it's DJ Moore who had his pro day today. Uh, he said he has visits with the Cowboys and, and the Panthers also. Wouldn't it be a hell
4: of a lot easier transition to just pick up Cortland Sutton and say goodbye, Des?
5: I guess, but I don't think Cortland Sutton's that type of guy either, but that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, but I know they like DJ Moore. Obviously, the Panthers like DJ Moore. They sent North Turner and Lance Taylor, their wide receiver coach, out there. I think if he's on the board at twenty four on the 24th pick, he'll yeah. be the pick. But back to the Cowboys, maybe if they take a, a wide receiver in the first round, they cut Dez. But also just if you look at the financials now, in context of all these other wide receiver contracts, the money doesn't look that bad. Dez definitely is not the player that he was, but when you look at the money Allen Robinson got, when you look at the money Sammy Watkins got, yeah, Dez is right on par with those well, guys.
3: And this, this seems like – a tough year, and we talked about this with the wide receivers. There are a lot of talented guys there. There are no bona fide, hands down number one guys. So this seems sort of like a weird year. That if you're going to cut Des to go after a receiver, like you know, maybe I don't know. If it were me, I feel like you wait a little bit. You wait a couple rounds. You get a guy. And then next year, you because the next year is always better, yeah. as we joke. But <laughs> you know, but next year, next year is the year maybe you cut ties with Des and you see what you can find out. Do you know
5: what I think teams are thinking too? And this is just my own personal theory, and it, it kind of fits well with this draft class. Is just like, forget about trying to have a number one. Let's have a bunch of different guys that can win in a variety of different yeah. ways. That's the new NFL. Spread the field. I mean, the Eagles are doing that. I know they have Alshon Jeffrey, but you know, he and Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar kind of. I mean, isolate these, between, or they, yeah. they've vacillate between who is the number one. Kansas City now has Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. The right. Rams obviously have no number one receiver, but a variety of different guys that can yeah. for, win in a variety of different ways. And maybe the Cowboys, who I think have been probably the slowest adapting team and the one that I, you got to glare at because they have this cheap, cost-controlled rookie quarterback and really have not taken advantage of that like these other teams have. Maybe they're seeing that now too, that instead of, Okay, let's let's give Dak Prescott this bona fide number one guy because I don't think the communication between him and Dez was very good at all as that bona fide number one last year. I
4: felt like in the red zone it was pretty good.
5: But other than that, I mean, they missed on uh, – both of them missed on a ton of plays. Yeah. Because, again, Dez can't beat tight physical coverage anymore like he used to. Right. And Dak just – you just saw them miss a ton. They, they He and Romo had that chem- chemistry. He and Dak do not as, like, the funnel of the offense or that guy. So, maybe they see this as we let go of Dez, we take a receiver at number 19, um, and then we use him and Hearns, and if they hold on to Beasley and – they're going to unfortunately have to hold on to terrence williams because they paid him oh, yeah. uh, uh, try to spread the field and attack oh in a variety of different ways i was really
3: sort of hoping that this alan Hearns thing meant.
5: oh no 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 they 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 screwed themselves yeah yeah, that. yeah
4: the terrence williams thing
5: they're right. live. they're going to live with that one for at least uh,
4: terrence day. williams uh, if if memory serves coming off of a foot uh surgery yep uh and his uh availability in ota's is actually up in the air as well so, so
5: another reason why they are looking at at receivers too
4: well there you go all right God, so,
5: he's a, just sorry he's on a four-year deal they have an out after this year but yeah. but
4: after this year though. but after this yeah, year, because they, they, they'll yeah.
5: they'll take a seven seven point three million dollar cat dead cap hit if they cut him which they're not gonna they can't do because they're never in good cap situation yeah, they're they're strapped right now
4: but yeah and again because you know they're never in a good cap situation that's why we have been saying for a while now that des would at least be a, a cut candidate uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, but um, but for somebody to just put it out there, just 100%, I mean, just full-on, 100% percent—Des is getting cut, that was a little shocking to me. That was a little shocking to me. Um, and if he does, boy, I'll tell you what, man, I, I don't know how I'd feel about Dak Prescott. Although I, I do like his ability to find open receivers. Oh, uh, man, just taking another weapon off the field, that would be, uh, that'd be tough for me. All right, speaking of wide receivers, what do you guys make of all these OBJs? Trade rumors. It's fun to talk about. It is fun as hell, man.
5: <sighs>
4: <laughs> That's a deep old sigh, man.
5: I have a lot of feelings on it. What,
4: what, what is it? You, you're tired of it, or you, you think it's no. nonsense, or
5: I mean, what? You don't think it's well, fun? I giants, think it is fun? Well, the Giants will The Giants won't just. Kill it. They did this to themselves. Oh, 100%. The, they oh, hundred, they I love think, it. I really think that they, Oh, they love it. I think they'll take – if someone gives them a godfather-type offer, Yeah. I think they could consider it. I know that they, they're asking prices apparently two first first-round. Yeah, picks. that's what Adam Schefter said, yeah. Schefter also said that he thinks he'll get traded for a first and a third. Um. So, the, But the Giants have s- didn't just come out and say, like, no, Odell's off the table, whatever. Um. They ad- the Gettleman was insistent that – that he's going to not – you can't trade talent. You can't part with talent like this, which I agree with. Like, look, it, for, for them to even be considering trading Beckham, given how incredible he is, he must be a complete pain in the ass to deal with. Like, a because, com- like, again, I, I think it's – I side more on the fact, like, you don't trade a player like this. No. He's a transformative talent. That being
4: said, um, we talk about this with other players all the time. He's part of the old regime. Gettleman's trying to come in, wipe out whatever the old regime was doing. But I feel like a, a guy with that much talent. Yeah. I know transcends. I know, man. <laughs> you know, this, I know. I'm just saying. You know, sometimes we see it. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's. Um, I will say
3: also though, if I mean if what Schefter's later tweet was, if it's really a, a first and like either a third or a fourth, I feel like a whole lot more teams, teams need to jump alive. in on that. If that's if that's what
5: the asking price. A is. first and a third. Yep. The tough part about paying two firsts is then you also have to turn around and pay him.
4: That's what I'm million. saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So a first and a third, I think even a first and a third is pretty tough. If you could trade a player and a first, I think more teams would be apt to do that because trading away those draft picks, the problem there is the financials, man.
5: Yeah, because and if you're Beckham, all you got to do is, you know, tell him look at the numbers baby because, <laughs> because like look, look at, at them at, numbers look at the numbers he's put up versus the number of like what a Sammy Watkins is making this year right if Sammy Watkins is a 16 million dollar receiver yeah. Odell Beckham is definitely a 20 million yeah 100 so he can just tell him again if it's if it's with the if it's whether it's the Giants or whether yeah. another team comes in on if it if he hits
4: free agency he's definitely getting a four-year 80 I mean that's just bottom
5: like baseline what right. Odell's gonna make you know again, what I mean this is an absolute difference maker. And for the Giants, yeah, it doesn't really – it makes no sense unless, again, he is just unbearable to deal with. Um, or if they really feel like they want to start over. Then they're idiots, though, because then they, they, they're they making no sense with this whole Eli Manning campaign that they put out there because Manning cannot push the ball outside the numbers anymore.
4: But how about this? How about if it's just all – that's all PR.
5: Man. Oh, I, I think I think it probably is too.
4: That, that's what I'm saying. I think it's all PR because they they saw what happened last year when they benched Eli. Uh, I don't know. I mean, first for, of all, you don't bench Eli for no reason. look, you don't bench Eli for Geno. Okay, fine. I get that. I'm just saying. I think the thought in the organization might be that Eli is done, which is I don't think they're that far off from that. But you can't come out and say that.
5: Oh yeah, no, 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 I I agree, and I think they take, I think they're going to end up sticking it too. And yeah, take quarterback, taking a quarterback. Yeah, so it is kind of a start over. But again, we have seen what this offense looks like without Beckham, and it it's sucks. bad, Good. bad, bad. <laughs> it's so bad. So I don't know. For me, yeah. I think you just deal with it and you make it work again. Okay. Unless, unless he's just unbearable. Unless he's just unbearable. Unless he's just, and I don't, because he's not a bad guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't get in trouble off the field. No he definitely is super competitive there's no question about it. he works right. his he works his tail off to be great obviously so i think you just shut up and deal with it unless some team is going to give you a godfather offer and i don't think any team's going to give him a godfather offer so it's probably all for nothing but it is a it is a fascinating conversation i love it i absolutely love it i don't know because I mean, he's he's one of the f- 10 best players in the NFL for sure and
4: one of the five most interesting yeah, I mean, forget Tal. I mean, the talent obviously plays into that, but he's just so damn interesting. He
5: can be definitely a little tedious. Like, I think <laughs> Beckham is on is on the Adam Levitan scale. He talks about oh, this man. a lot as like one of the players I love to watch the most, but would want to get a drink with the least. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably Beckham's on that scale. I don't think I'd. Really I disagree. Think. I'd love to go out with OBJ. I feel like I couldn't handle it, but um, one
3: night, man, let's let's go hard. If I were already in the club and he walked in, I'd like, oh, okay. And I would observe from a safe distance. Okay. I get what you're saying.
5: But, like, I don't think, you know, because when I think about getting a beer with somebody, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna go to you know Irish Times up the street. Irish <laughs> <laughs> wow, you went high, you went high class at the Irish Times. You know. We're gonna go to Irish Times, divey, <laughs> stupid Irish bar. Oh my not god, not stupid, good bar. Don't yeah. sorry, Irish, Irish Times, China. but good, good, oh, I- oh good, good, good Irish bar and and have a couple beers and and talk about life and all that. <laughs> Jeez. Like I don't, I how don't- many players in the NFL even fit that bill? I don't know, man. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Probably not
4: a lot. I really not. Alive. All right, there you go. We'll move on. Uh, hey. The NFL finally changed the catch rule. It's 2 feet a football move and some other nebulous criteria that I'm sure is going to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> That's good. Here's the bad. The league also added targeting to the rule book as well. Maybe you don't follow college football. Maybe you don't realize how much of a disaster this rule is going to be. Here is the rule via Brian McCarthy of NFL Public Relations. If a foul it is a foul if a p- player lowers his head to initiate and make contact with his helmet against an opponent. The player may be disqualified. Applies to any player anywhere on the field. A player could be disqualified. That's where the targeting rule in college is an abject disaster. And that's where I'm surprised and maybe I'm not surprised, but I am surprised that the NFL adopted that portion of the targeting rule. Make it a 15-yard penalty. Disqualification? I mean, you're altering games. And that's what we're seeing in college. You're altering games.
3: So, yes. There are – I, I have, we all understand the reason for it. And it is an attempt to make the game safer and to try to minimize injuries and, you know, head and neck injuries and that sort of thing. Uh Obviously, if you were following along on Twitter, you saw a number of players that were visibly unhappy about it and the rule how is they so play. amorphous, it's amorphous. it <laughs> it's so bad. One, it's so bad. It, it's certainly going to lead to weird ejections. We're gonna have a lot more reviews, which will slow down games. Also, this makes me upset though that we didn't get my proposed pass interference judgment because we are now we're we are asking officials to determine intent a little bit right so why can't we let them determine intent on pass interference rules
4: i see what you're saying right if we're going to do it for one let's do it for more things I, it's just i don't know man i look at the the wording of this rule there is no part of the wording of, and the and the thing is too it sounds like they just slapped it together
3: well we'll go through a year of it and this time next year when we get to oh the owners meeting God. and the competition committee gets together they will tweak it i mean that that i think is what that i think is for sure going to happen it will it will start off as this they will you know, officiate it one way and then as they get complaints and, and suggestions from the players... And the if team, a player
4: lowers his head and makes contact they will with tweak, his helmet... They will tweak it. The player may be disqualified. Bro, that's every play. On every down. I I mean, that's just... that's It's crazy that you could disqualify a player for that. I just... This is an abject disaster. It is. It's just going to be... There's going to be a lot of games that are going to be decided by this rule... And maybe they're not "quote unquote" decided by this rule, but they're going Impacted. to severely impact games. And and as we saw with the the, the convoluted catch rule, it, it ruined the experience for a lot of fans. I, I think we'll see that again. I, I don't know why the hell they added it um, in this way. I I don't know. I'm just I'm not hopeful that this rule's going to work out too good. Hey, Andrew Luck is throwing officially now. Like, for real,
5: for real? For real, for real. Football is too.
4: Uh, The Colts are hedging their bets, I think, a little bit, though, because they have reportedly rebuked offers for Jacoby Brissett as well. Hey, Terrell Pryor officially signed with the Jets. We talked about this. Uh, with Manish Mehta a little bit last week. There were a lot of rumors, rumblings that uh, Pryor could sign with New York, and he officially is signed there now. He joins Jermaine Curse possibly. I don't know. He could be a salary cap casualty. Our Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen for sure will be there. You know my love affair for Chad Hansen.
5: I mean, Chad Hansen might not be there. He could get cut.
4: All right, listen, pal. You wouldn't cut the best player on your team. That's not what you do. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> Terrell Pryor, though, and and again, who knows what the hell's going to happen with Robbie Anderson, who's facing multiple felonies right now. But Terrell Pryor to the Jets—does it mean anything to you, gentlemen, here uh, in terms of fantasy? Um, I don't know.
5: I mean, it's not a—it's not
3: a terrible group.
5: Theoretical no, no, no. value. It's not theoretical I... target shares there. I mean, I mean, Curse had a good year last year uh like surprisingly good year was definitely useful in fantasy at times if you play in a league that started multiple wide receivers. Yep. Anderson obviously was kind of a breakout star. Yeah. Uh I think this is a good place for Terrell Pryor because so. they're gonna have Josh McCown there who was in a really effective deep passer last year. Yeah. Again, mostly with Robbie he, Anderson.
3: Him staying healthy is maybe the linchpin to this whole thing
5: Yeah, because we saw I mean we saw last year that went it went south once he got hurt. I just don't know what Teddy Bridgewater can be right? if Teddy Bridgewater is even there because yeah, true how little because of the contract yeah right. he could easily not opening, right he could not Crazy. easily not make the opening day roster but if he goes out there he is a theoretical upgrade over Bryce Petty who is horrible and Christian Hackenberger Hackenberg who's not even a real person <laughs> um, but and also they'll be drafting somebody oh, at that man. third overall pick that they just got and we're going to talk with about that with Doug and I really like you know, Because I think Josh Allen's going to go top 10, I really like the idea of maybe even a, like a big-armed quarterback like that in a offense that clearly wants to stretch the field with Pryor and Anderson and Kurz.
4: Speaking of Doug Farrar, we go to the phones. We welcome in Doug Farrar from Bleacher Report. Find him on Twitter at BR underscore Doug Farrar. Uh, he is the NFL lead scout for Bleacher, an actual, real-life, honest-to-God author as well. A self-reported musician, we've got Doug Ferrar on the phone. Doug, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good. How are you guys today? Good. We're good, man. So you know, a
5: lot of talents.
4: (laughs) 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 Multi. Like, (laughs) what
5: do I bring to the table?
1: (laughs) How do you fit all this talent in one room? I don't don't know.
5: I don't don't know.
4: (laughs) Hey, listen, let's get right into it, man. You know, the draft right around the corner. Your most recent article talked about Sam Darnold to the Browns. Um, I, I, you sat down, watched some Sam Darnold tape. What did you find?
1: You know, it's, it's interesting how a guy can be perceived as a pro style quarterback. Mm-hmm. First impression of USC. I mean, it's, it's as if people think that John McKay is still running the old, uh, I formation. I mean, Darnold is primarily a shotgun quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, when he doesn't have to use his feet a lot. And when he can throw with his upper body, he's great. I mean, there throws he made, especially against Texas in that two overtime game, he looked like Philip Rivers. Um, unconventional delivery, slow, choppy footwork, and all that. But he has the potential and the arm to be a top level quarterback. He's got a couple of major problems that may take a while to fix. His footwork is not good. His drop back is slow. He's not. A, it's interesting. I was reading an article in the MMQB where. Um, I think it was Albert Breer talked to Jordan Palmer, who is Darnold's performance coach. And Jordan Palmer, who knows a ton about quarterbacking, I'm not impugning him at all, was talking about what a great thrower Darnold is on the run, and I didn't see that. And part of the reason I didn't see that is because Darnold tends to not square his shoulders to the target. Um, And I think just generally he's not efficient uh, in the transition from his lower body to his upper body. This is true of pitchers and quarterbacks you really get your consistent velocity and a lot of your accuracy throwing from your lower body up. Donald makes a lot of arm throws. Man, and he it- can get away with that in college. Yeah. Um, when the windows are, say, a yard long, I don't think when in the NFL when the windows are six inches long, he's, you know, I-, I think he's going to – he may be the number one overall quarterback. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't think it would be a ridiculous decision by the Browns. Uh, But Hugh Jackson is going to have his work cut out for him with Darnold mechanically. And, again, I think Darnold has the potential to be uh, a a reasonably decent or better NFL quarterback. Um, I don't think his throwing motion is a problem. I think his lower body mechanics are, and I think lower body mechanics are a lot easier to clean up than throwing motion.
4: So the thing that people love about Sam Darnold is that, you know, I, I think when Jordan Palmer's talking about being able to make throws on the run, when he makes those throws, I, I I hear what you're saying, not a consistent thrower on the run, but when he makes them,
1: my God, they look awesome. Um, that's his, you know, really, that's his whole thing. Yeah. That's, that's his whole thing. When he makes those throws, he had a couple of tight window throws against uh, Texas that were just, I mean. Uh, They're ridiculous. The, he, a couple of the overtime the overtime touchdown, and there was an incompletion that was a perfect throw. Mm-hmm. Um And you can do this with any quarterback. Um, I remember talking to someone about David Fails when Fails came out. Okay. And this guy told me that if you put a highlight reel together of Fails' 20 best throws, you would think he was the best quarterback you've seen in five years. Interesting. The problem is all the other stuff. And with Um, Darnold, there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, um, there are can you overthrows talk about? Yeah, can you, uh, you talk?
4: Ahead. I was just about to say, can you talk about the the turnovers? Because to me, that's a,
1: a real big bugaboo uh, for Sam Darnold. Fumbles are a problem. Overthrows for interceptions are a problem. I don't think he always knows where the ball goes, and I'm not. I mean, that sounds funny. I don't think he does because there are. It's it's like and and I've seen his other quarterbacks. If he takes a three to five step drop, he's pretty confident in. The ability to make an arm throw because you know how this is you're, you're matching up a three to five step drop it's a short or intermediate route if you go seven step and you're running deep and maybe he has to get off his spot because he's being pressured right that's where things get a little weird so i would say in the five to seven step drop range he doesn't always know where the ball goes because he is not using his lower body consistently i don't think he trusts his mechanics nor do i think he should and a lot of those turnovers come from arm throws, and this is something I noticed that Luke Falk does. He will hold his right foot back when he's throwing. He will extend his upper body and actually hold his right foot back For some uh, Maybe someone told him that it creates torque. Or- I don't know what, but <laughs> okay.
4: he's not able to – He's not getting okay. that drive from the you lower guys, body. You yeah.
1: guys know how interesting the performance coaching industry can be. Indeed. Um, I'm Indeed. just saying, and I'm not imputing yes. – I mean, Jordan Palmer's worked with a lot of guys. I, I'm not I'm not saying that he's wrong about Darnold throwing on the run or anything else, but uh, Jordan Palmer said he's got to clean up his footwork.
5: Yeah, he
4: does.
1: He's, and mm-hmm. Darnold said at the Combine that – uh, Palmer is working with him on firing his hips through, and this is the same. I mean, as, as a really horrible golfer, I can tell you that if you're not firing your hips, that's through, right. Uh, drive, that's
5: right,
4: know, Amen. You're,
1: you're <laughs> that's right. So
5: that's and, right.
1: You know, you create velocity in a lot of athletic endeavors. Yeah. Not that I would ever call my golfing an athletic endeavor, but you but you got to turn that hip from your lower body. Yeah, up. that's right. And I think as soon as Donald figures that out, a lot of the mess will clear away. I just think it's something to be cognizant of at this point. Doug Farrar from Bleacher Report.
5: So I got a question here about Darnold. Uh, Actually kind of two layers of a question here. One, uh, our own Daniel Jeremiah said that he thinks Darnold is like the best quarterback prospect from the last couple of classes, and I think he had Carson Wentz as number two there. Kind of take us back in your own time machine, Doug. How do you think Darnold compares to – uh, Carson Wentz uh, as a prospect, like just not not what we know of Wentz now in the NFL, but more of what you thought of him as a prospect. And also, secondly, do you think it's kind of odd and and maybe you know Marcus and James, you guys can chime in on those two. I kind of feel like Darnold has not been picked apart like other top prospects oh, have been, sure. in, like in this class. Oh, for sure. Which is kind of odd. Well, He
1: hasn't been picked apart like Lamar Jackson. I can tell you that much. <laughs>
5: no, no, no doubt about it. But with with Jackson, there's all kinds of stupid questions. With Rosen, there's the personality questions that also seem a little peculiar. Baker Mayfield also gets personality questions too and size. And size too. And, and even just like looking back at quarterbacks over the last few years it feels like everybody goes through the cycle at some point in the cycle they get to be the guy in the spotlight that gets picked apart but it feels like Darnold's oddly been like a You know few what t- man?
4: I think part of it is 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 the cachet, right? He comes from USC. I mean, he looks like a prototypical NFL quarterback too. So he fits the bill. And I and I think when you start talking about guys getting picked apart Um, A lot of that has to do with optics. And I know that sounds so stupid, but it's true. Does a guy look like an NFL quarterback, and I think Sam Darnold checks all those boxes. Oh, USC, oh, making these big time throws, played in big time games, and, you know, he's got the requisite arm talent, he's got the requisite size, and I think that's kind of uh, why he gets a pass on certain things, uh, like the turnovers, which I, I think is a big issue in the NFL, um, and I think it will continue to plague him at the pro level as well. But, uh, but Doug, hey, listen, can I get to one of your articles here
5: real quick? Um, hey, I want Doug here. to answer my question. Oh, now. sorry. sorry I, know I, asked, like, oh, I know I asked. I know I, I know <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, three questions you and, this and then redirected the yeah, question yeah, to you guys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm an yeah. idiot. I'm not good I at <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Doug, how well, do you feel th- how do you feel like he yeah, compares it? About
1: the about Darnold not being picked apart. In the in the Darnold Tate piece I did last week, I, I said that the draft industrial complex needs a winner at quarterback every year. <laughs> draft
4: Industrial, yes. And
1: Oh, man. Darnold is, there is no, I mean, let me put, let me say this. In my opinion, there is no alpha in this quarterback class. There is no Andrew Luck. There is no RG3. There is no Russell Wilson. There's no Carson Wentz, by the way. None of these guys is as good as Carson Wentz coming out of college, in my opinion. Um, so I think Darnold has the least amount of flaws among the top guys. You know, if Mason Rudolph was a little better, if, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, a, a few guys, if they were a little bit better. And they had a clean resume, so to speak, that would work. So I think Darnold's just—he's the cleanest guy in a group full of, you know, B to B plus prospect quarterbacks. Um, that's my opinion. I mean, I, I know Daniel. I respect his opinion more than most, and if that's what he believes, then I certainly respect it. Sure. Um, as far as Wentz coming out of college. Um, one thing that my friend Greg Cosell told me a long time ago and I've learned more about football from Greg than just about anyone else. Um, He told me when you're looking at strength of opponent, isolate the quarterback. Don't look at the receivers. Don't look at the crappy coverage. Don't look at the guys who are, you know, the whole Josh Allen argument. Strength of his receivers or whatever. Um, When I watched Wentz, I saw a guy with plus potential as a thrower and a runner. Um, I When I, I... I think I, I think I was still at Sports Illustrated when he came out, and I was doing the SI 50, and I had him way above Jared Goff, and I compared him to Ben Roethlisberger. Then mm. um, I thought he had that potential to not only grow and develop as a quarterback, but he was physical enough to sort of transcend whatever mistakes he would make. I would say, of the last two years, he's by far the most impressive prospect. Not that he's, you know, an all-time, I, I don't remember going back and thinking this guy's an all-timer. Like, when I looked at Andrew Luck, I'm like, this guy's Steve Young. Forget right, it. It's yes. over. He's the, you know. Um, but I would say of in the last two years, I would put Wentz number one. Um, you know, I, I wasn't impressed with Goff at all. I think what Sean McVay has done is, has been just amazing. Um, I mean, Goff couldn't make sideline throws at Cal. He was, yeah. <laughs> you know, firing the ball all over the place. And McVeigh comes in and says after that Rob Boris disaster, okay, your first read's always going to be open. And just as it was with Mike McCoy and Tim Tebow, it's funny how quarterbacks improve when their first read is always open. Right. Yeah. I would say, I would say that Wentz is, and by a pretty considerable distance. Um, and I mean, I could, but it's not reflective of what he's done since. Although his career, his career trajectory in the first two years without minus the injury looked a lot like Andrew Luck because you remember when Luck came out, Bruce Arians gave him the full NFL playbook and said no training wheels, downhill ninety miles an hour from day one, and Luck could handle it, and Wentz could handle it. He had the second most pass attempts for a rookie in NFL history behind Luck in his in his first season. So. Interesting. You know, and certainly he improved in his second year. Yeah, I don't see any of these guys in this class impressing me as much as Lynch as they come out. Now, they, f- they get in the system. Right. Who knows? But that's where I stand right now.
3: You mentioned Josh Allen. Have have we piled on him too much? He seems to be the one guy who has been broken down more than anybody.
1: I think so. And it gets to the point where you think he's Ryan Mallet and can't even move around, which isn't <laughs> true. I mean, he's got <laughs> – no, I'm serious. Oh, man. Everyone's assuming that he can't even... Yeah, he's a, that's right. I, I, late in his career, God, God bless Drew Bledsoe, late in his career, I said that Drew Bledsoe was a, a statue with a cannon attached, and I think everyone's <laughs> kind of figuring that Josh Allen is that same guy. He's got decent footwork. I mean, in the wrong system, he could turn out to be Mike Glenn. Mm.
5: Um, Yuck.
1: But, you know, and and there's a guy, and accuracy never improves in the nfl and i don't really want to hear any more about oh his receivers were bad or oh this or oh that i don't care i, I isolate the quarterback i look at his mechanics i look at his arm his arm is incredible incredible on the deep stuff but you know I, I i here's what i think i think the nfl has a total man crush on the big guy big arm thing yeah and there is a reactionary anti-man crush that goes immediately to, Oh, big guy, big arm. You guys are idiots. You don't know anything. You know, to me, Allen's somewhere in the middle. Hmm. I mean, I would probably put a second round grade on him yeah. because I'm far, I, velocity to me is about fourth or fifth on the list of things I look for in a quarterback. Um, and this is all subjective. If, if you want a guy throwing, you know, nine routes, that's your guy. Right. Um, but, you know, as I said, it's all subjective. Is it is
4: it crazy for me to say, I, I don't know, I'm a Cal guy, but uh, when I watched him play and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all the games that he's thrown, I can't help but think of Kyle Bowler, man. I, I mean, big arm. Uh, I mean, obviously a bigger dude than Kyle Bowler, but he had that requisite arm strength as well. He, but you talk about accuracy, not improving in the NFL. Good God almighty. Kyle Bowler just couldn't hit it. So um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm way off there, but I just get – I get – feelings of Kyle Bowler there with Josh Allen, and I don't know if that's fair.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I brought up the Mike Glennon comparison. That's kind of where I stand with it. Yeah. Um, although he's a better processor than Mike Glennon, he's actually pretty, you know, uh, you want to see him improve more on second and third reads, but you could say that about any, most oh,
4: yeah. any college oh, quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, we, I. I that's the problem him and lamar jackson are the two guys where the opinions have been cycled and recycled so many times mm-hmm. you don't really know what to look at anymore and it's hard then to look at the tape objectively right and you know every time he makes a mistake you start oh see there this is. guy said this and now he's a moron <laughs> and all that i mean the confirmation bias it's why i'm watching sleeper guys now because i yeah. can't watch any more josh allen tape. It's like oh boy and <laughs> that's, you know nothing against josh allen I just – there's so much noise in your head that you have to filter out when yeah, you watch tough. any player, yeah, and Josh Allen certainly has had more than his share of noise, which I'm sure he's pretty tired of at this point.
5: You know, you talk about the the, the, the man crush that the NFL has on these type of guys. I, it's got to be – I feel like it's because – there's so much ego you have to have when it's when you're a coach, when you're a head coach, and all that. Like it's just it's very ego based position. We see it work for some guys, we see it not work for other guys. And I think just most of these teams think, man, if we just get this guy in our offense, you know, and I can mold him, I can fix these one or two little things, I can be the one to do it. Like just imagine what this prospect is that I'm gonna have. And to me, it just comes down to, like where's he gonna go? Because if he goes to like Buffalo. Oh my God! Like that's just gonna be a nightmare with nobody to throw to with right. a bad offensive line. But you know, I think like if he goes to the Jets, I'm actually kind of talking myself into that that might be a good thing if Josh Allen goes because they have a lot of vertical receivers. Uh, if they build up the pass protection a little bit, I think I think he could work out there. Um, I so think his same.
1: best any, he's totally not anything like Cam Newton, but I think his best fit is Carolina because yeah. that's I mean. That's a Norv Turner offensive thrower right there. Some people say he, he might, is.
5: They do make that Cam Newton comparison.
1: Yeah, um, which is I, I don't. I wouldn't compare him to Cam Newton at all. I'm just saying for what North Turner wants, right? Um, and any, I mean, if Bruce Arians was still in the league, I think he might take a. a oh yeah, on Josh Allen. Oh yeah, deeper um, vertical routes, and, for sure. Yeah, and you'd love to see that. Any, yep. you know, any team. And Arians was a little different because he'd run front side verts and, you know, backside uh skinny slants and things like that to give his quarterbacks an easy backside read and whatnot. But yeah, it, it it's so much and and I don't know that any of these guys is really scheme transcendent. I I think if you wanna if you're the Texans Or the Niners, and you want a quarterback who really excels in a boot right game. I don't think you want to touch Donald with a fifty foot pole. Hmm. Um, If you want a a consistent deep thrower, you might shy away from Mayfield. I mean, Josh Allen or uh, Josh Rosen, excuse me, is probably the, in my mind, the best combination in this class of mechanics and processing. Yeah, but you know, he's got a lot of easy openings in that offense, and you kind of wonder how that's going to work. So, you know, can all you give these me guys a... need work. None of them are scheme transcendent, and that's true of 98% of the quarter. The only quarterback I've ever looked at in the 15 years I've been doing this, this guy can go in any scheme right now and win is Andrew Luck. And that's
4: it there you go um talk to me about lamar jackson a little bit um i've got him kind of in that same prospect here as baker mayfield but give me a team and or a scheme fit that you think would be ideal for uh for lamar jackson
1: jacksonville 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 without I question um I now obviously they've retooled their receiver core but that's a run heavy offense You install a a quarterback who can do what Lamar Jackson can do as a runner with what they, (laughs) that power run game. Yeah. Uh, You remember in the first half of the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles, who is an average, I'm not going to pile on Blake Bortles. I think he's an average quarterback. He's Mm -hmm. pretty good. But they were running really, really elementary RPOs. And they had that game one, and then all of a sudden they put all that stuff back in the bin in the second half. They were a, a half and a few good, schemed-up plays away from maybe going to the Super Bowl. That's right. You take the first half of that Patriots game, the AFC Championship, and you install Lamar Jackson in there, and your head might explode. Yeah.
4: <laughs> is, it, is it because the prospects of, like, naked bootleg or something that you know that Lamar Jackson could, could absolutely exploit? Is that, is that what you're seeing there, or at least have
1: thoughts of? You've got well, you've got run fakes, you've got actual runs, you've got Fournette to deal with, you've got an improved offensive line. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson ate <laughs> like the buffet at Golden Corral off of defenders getting too cautious with his running ability and throwing right over their heads.
4: Right. Um,
1: which was true of Michael Vick, which was true of Randall Cunningham. Yeah. You know, and I remember when Robert Griffin came out and everyone was saying, Michael Vick, Michael Vick. I thought, no, he's Randall Cunningham. And Robert Griffin before he got hurt in my mind was, the perfect combination of Randall Cunningham early in his career with the mobility and the athleticism and Randall Cunningham late in his career when he got Brian Billick and all of a sudden he was a really efficient
5: Hmm.
1: and consistent quarterback. I don't think Lamar Jackson is there yet, but I think he can and I think anyone who talks about him moving to wide receiver should not be working in the NFL. I don't know. know. Can I be any clearer about how stupid this is? Yes, I agree. That I agree
4: with. I 100% agree. All right, we've talked about some big names, a lot of quarterbacks here, but can you give me an offensive sleeper prospect that could surprise if he gets into the right system?
1: You know, I'm looking at um, a couple of guys, Dante Pettis. No, no, no I'm actually, because uh, I'm putting, a, I'm actually doing a sleeper piece, a piece on sleeper players on Friday for Bleacher Report.
5: Not a baby.
4: You
1: guys watched Michael Gallup? the You yes. were from Colorado State. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I have.
1: Reminds me a lot of Alan Hearns. Not tremendously fast. Pretty okay. physical. Good blocker. The thing I like about him, and especially I was watching the Alabama game. Yes, Colorado State played Alabama. (laughs) And I was really impressed with because they pressed the heck out of him early on. And he struggled with it because I don't think he was used to it. By the second half, he had come up with adaptive movements to sort of get out of press. And he made some really impressive catches with cornerbacks all over him um i think this is a guy who can play outside and in the slot i don't think he's a number one receiver but maybe in the middle rounds this is a guy you know you're you're sort of maybe your z your slot guy i think he could be uh quite impressive uh i was, hoping you, were, I was hoping you were i was hoping you were going to mention Go
5: Gallup, doug because i saw you tweet about you were tweeting about him today uh and yeah no that that's a great call you know i just put out a piece comparing him and i'll Want to get your thoughts on this? I put a piece comparing him to like Michael Crabtree and kind of similarly Michael Thomas that he came out of the draft a couple years ago. Obviously went to the Saints. The reason I like that comparison is because like when I was watching both of these guys and obviously charting all the routes and everything for reception perception, to me, they're like both these guys were just looked like pros. They ran routes like pros. They catch. Balls in traffic, like pros, like as you mentioned. So I think you, that's a great call for for a sleeper. Uh, it, to me, they're on that same axis of like pretty not like the the prettiest route runners in the world, but very effective route runners and great at winning contested passes. So I, I think that's a great call if he goes to the the right spot. I think fantasy owners will be uh, intrigued for sure.
1: Yeah, the one the Crabtree and Thomas comparisons are interesting. I don't think that he's as dynamic a mover. Um, as either one of those guys, which is where Hearns comes in, because mm-hmm. Hearns is more of a body receiver as opposed to a speed guy who's going to beat you. Uh, he doesn't create a lot of separation, which I don't yeah. think Hearns does either. I think both Crabtree and Thomas might uh, – certainly Crabtree in his prime, so to speak, created more separation just off athletic movement. But I certainly think Gallup in the right system could be something else. So I'll tell you another guy I liked a lot is uh, – are we, do you want skill position or just anybody?
4: Yeah, just give me anybody, man.
1: Braden we're talking Smith, football here. Offensive, Braden Smith, offensive guard from Auburn. Oh, watched a lot of guards. Now. Here we go. And by the way, I think Quentin Nelson is the best player in this, in this draft. Wow. Oh, wow, really? I don't care what really? his position is. I don't care what his position is. He is the best player in this draft. Is that right? He is an absolute surefire 10-year <laughs> Pro Bowler if he stays healthy. Damn.
3: Wow. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so There you go.
1: So I'll start with that because uh, I think when we when James and I were talking, yeah. I think you mentioned James' best player in this draft class. I think it's Quentin Nelson, and That's I don't interesting. really I wasn't think expecting to hear that close. So, he's the only guy to me who checks all the necessary boxes at his position uh, at a super plus level. Well, but, toughness, movement, attitude—I mean, attitude reminds me of Steve Hutchinson. He just wants to go out there and kill people, and he does it <laughs> technically. That he's everything you want in a guard. Man. Uh, Doug, Twitter has told me that Saquon
3: Barkley is a once-in-a-generation running back, sort of like Leonard Fournette <laughs> or, or Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley or name them. Uh, obviously, so these
5: generations are coming in and out pretty <laughs> really quick. quick.
3: Pretty quick. Um, I, you know, I think he is the top back, obviously, in what is a very deep class. Do you feel like he is so far head and shoulders above everybody over the next closest guy that he is a, a top five pick versus maybe somebody going late first or early second round?
1: I think, again, you're going to need the right system for him. I think with Saquon Barkley, you have a lot of splash plays, a lot of spectacular plays. I think you also have a lot of zero to one to minus one to minus two yard plays. Mm -hmm. I see him get stuffed a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would, I mean, depending on system, if I were in Carolina or Jacksonville or Seattle or the Rams and I needed a franchise back, I might go back to Darius Geis' 2016 tape because he played injured last year and everyone said, oh, he's slow. Well, right. yeah, he was hurt. Right. Um, I go back to his 2016 tape and I see Marshawn Lynch Jr. <laughs> same lateral movement, same ability to break contact. He's, he's really impressive. Um, you know, Barkley, when he's blocked for, I, I think is the best running back in this class. But if you need a running back who transcends bad blocking, and huh, hello, Seattle.
0: You might want to look at him because
1: that not think changing your line coach is going to do it. You might want to reevaluate how you take players. A um, couple of guys, actually, that on on my sleeper list, uh, Rashad Penny from San Diego State. I know I love people him. have talked about him, but I don't think they talk about him enough. I mean, five eleven, about two twenty, and tell you know strength of opponent or this or that, and. I hear he doesn't have burst, and then I see burst. I hear he can't break tackles, and I, 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 I know a pro football focus is uh, elusive reading. I think he was number one. Um, I think he's a more powerful Darren Sproles, can do stuff out of the backfield. And one guy I'm really surprised more people aren't talking about is Naheem Hines from North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. When you look at Kareem Hunt, when you look at Alvin Kamara, when you look at Jarek McKinnon, who just okay. got a pretty monstrous contract in San Francisco, right. the need for satellite running backs is enormous, and I think he's probably the best one in this class. Interesting. I'm going to go and so, watch him a little bit more. You know, Saquon Barkley is impressive, but I, I would struggle. The one guy in this class that I think elevates himself to uh, almost the level of hyperbole is Quentin Nelson. Hmm. That's pretty much it. Wow. There you go. Doug Farrar
4: from Bleacher Report. Follow him on Twitter at BR underscore Doug Farrar. Find his work on Bleacher Report as well. Doug, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Doug. Doug Farrar. Wow. Dropping knowledge all over the place. That was great stuff. Um, Gentlemen, and again, I I love getting these guys in because you get a different perspective Mm -hmm. uh, from from the, the stuff that you see. Um, maybe you hear normally uh, on this podcast as well a lot to kind of decompress from there uh, matt Harmon, maybe a couple of takeaways from what you heard from
5: doug yeah with the quarterback position darnold like i said is a fascinating one it's it's interesting to hear somebody kind of have more of a con, a con i don't know if contrarian view is is the right way to put it but more critical probably. yeah more critical just more critical than you normally get from darnold Cause For like, sure like i mentioned he does seem to be the guy in this in this class that doesn't get Picked apart a ton, and it's also worth remembering he's super young. Like yes. I think he'll if he starts week one, he'll be the youngest quarterback to ever start. Is that right? NFL game ever? Oh I'm, wow! I'm pretty sure. He just
3: he just turned twenty, I believe.
5: Yeah, yeah, he's he's mad young. Uh, the only time I feel like I've seen anybody really criticize him, and this was. Like I think last summer, coming into this year, was there was like a random NFC personnel person that said he has a bad face and he's overrated. <laughs> Which <laughs> honestly, he, he is a funny look. He is a funny <laughs> looking guy. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have to. What? What? Sorry, I can't, I can't stop laughing about that. Hang on, let me find it because I'm pretty. I don't remember exactly where. It's and actually, from. he's he is Hold 20 on.
3: right now. He will turn 21 in June. That's crazy. So that's crazy. um. So you mean. Critical, it's not, you know, other than all the USC alums here in our building who are grousing after a loss perhaps on a Monday or something.
4: <laughs> That's exactly right. No, but, I mean, from a scouting perspective, I mean, come on. People, uh, the USC guys love them too. Yeah, I, look. I, I, and I You're a USC guy. I am. No, but interesting. I I
3: Like you, James, I look at the turnovers and I say, that is immediately a problem. It's a huge problem. And it's, it, it was frustrating as a fan to watch. But it's a huge problem. But just as Doug mentioned, there would be those moments when he would make a certain throw and you're like, this guy really is the number one overall pick. Yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah, when he no.
5: came onto the scene, and again, like just a couple of a couple of years ago or, or less than that. Mm. Uh, he came in and really seemed to transform that USC offense. Oh, re- for sure, right yeah. away. Who
4: was the starter right before him? Uh, Max Brown. Max Brown. Max Brown. And they
0: waited
3: up, to, the, to the bring the in Darnold for some reason. Richmond, I don't know why. Richmond, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's funny though because. The guy that I think, honestly, is the best quarterback in this draft, and I think Doug sort of touched on it, I think it's Josh Rosen. I mean, I think he's the guy. And all these guys have flaws, and of they all—they certainly all need to be in a situation that would fit their talents best. But I think Josh Rosen's the best quarterback in this draft, and I think it's weird that the reason he gets knocked is because dude has opinions on things.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's really, oh, yeah, yeah. That's really the reason <laughs> yeah, people yeah. don't like it. It's just because <laughs> dude has opinions that's on right. things, and maybe they
3: don't jibe with the popular right. opinion a lot. I'm
5: like, yeah. that doesn't – I didn't impact his ability to throw a football or hit an open receiver. Look, Jim Morrow was a former UCLA coaches on our network, and he kind of hedged it a bit by saying, "Like I think he blew, you know, Darnold is more blue collar." Which, by that's, the way, they're
3: both from or, you know, from Orange County. Like that's not that's not blue collar. Capistro- <laughs> I've, I've been to
5: Capistrano Beach, lovely place, lovely, not, not blue collar, yeah, not at all. <laughs> right. So he said he was more blue collar, better fit for Cleveland, whatever. But it was still a little striking to hear, you know, Rosen's UCLA UCLA coach not come sure. out and say, oh, yeah, Brown should take Rosen number one, no well, question you know, I've had this no You know guy. why? Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's yeah. because they're family friends. He doesn't want to see his boy go to Cleveland? Come on, bro. Is it? Or I is it that Jim Moore is kind of a jerk sometimes? Nah, I, I
5: didn't want to say it, but I. I think, jerk sometimes? I
4: think he, well, look, I, there is some of that going on. But, I mean, they're family friends, dude. I mean, he's protecting his his guy. Um <laughs> if I had if I had to guess, I think he's protecting his guy. He doesn't want his guy to go to Cleveland. Come on, bro. You know there's going to be a coaching change there at some point. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be tumultuous. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm think-
5: going gonna, gonna to side with Marcus on this one. And we'll talk about why off air. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so back to the Darnold thing. It was in Yahoo Yahoo Sports column. Uh, columnist uh, Charles Robinson okay. put a post out in December with a quote from an NFC personal man back in June on Sam Darnold. Uh, he said, you can have him. Loopy motion. Bad face. Bad face. Overrated. <laughs> over bad rate. face. If bad face was a thing, Eli Manning never would have been <laughs> That's drafted. right. Right, that's but that's, right, so that was back in God. June. So, yeah, the point being, Darnold, it was interesting to hear it's Doug have kind of a more critical view of Darnold. So I think funny. he said all the right things about Lamar. I, I put in a piece out today uh, on the fatal flaw for every single team in the NFL. Mm. Um, heading into the NFL draft and for Jacksonville, I said, obviously, it's just the passing game. Um, I agree that Blake Bortles is like kind of the 20th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, but I do – and I said that their solution to that would be to somehow – I don't know that Lamar Jackson is going to fall to their first-round pick. I, I, I tend to doubt it. But if he did, I think he should be the auto-pick there because you can – Oh, he'll him. fall. You think he'll fall all the way to the end of the first round though? Yeah. I don't know, man. And maybe J- – like Jacksonville's one of these teams. They could be like a sneaky trade-up for a guy like Lamar Jackson because you look at their roster and they really don't have – very many needs on defense their biggest, oh. biggest question is just how are we going to get all these guys how are we going to pay all these guys right when uh, that
4: time comes they got to pay the piper at some point but yeah this year's
5: not that year not but probably next year guys yeah. like Yannick Ngakwe will be up uh right. Miles Jack might be up yeah. uh they already lost like Aaron Colvin Th- those 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 bills are going to start pay- I mean Jalen Ramsey eventually will be up for a big contract yep eventually they're going to have to pay that right now they're not uh and on offense they have Fournette installed. They have their offensive line kind of beefing up. They've in, they've sunk some money and resources into the skill position players.
4: Yeah. They've got uh, even Blake Bortles is still relatively reasonable contract. Oh, well. he's
5: I think he's not he's not even top twenty right now in guaranteed money at the quarterback position. Just once again going back to what a great contract that was for Jacksonville. They can eat six and a half million dollars if they cut him next year, which is pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um. So I think that would be an ideal spot for Lamar Jackson. And if I'm sure. Jacksonville, I'd I'd get aggressive and, and ensure sure. that I got him. Yeah, make sure yeah. you get him. I, yeah, I think that – because, that, again, they just don't have very many holes. They can sacrifice a first-round pick this year, maybe a first next year, or, you know, a second, third, whatever, like what have you. I think they're a sneaky team to try to get up there.
4: All right, there you go. All right, should we close out the show with a round of daily daps? Daps, 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 Now we're talking about dog bites
5: and dipping. Daps, 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 You know, if you like creepy
4: rabbits, uh, this
5: movie's for you. What degenerate are Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. that are like, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. Hey! New drop, <laughs> well, well, well done, James and Christina. Uh, yeah, you guys did good work. Well done. Good stuff. Those I st- heard, I heard like daps, and then I was like, oh, are we start. Oh, right, right. We have a drop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. Uh, so there you go. Um, let's go around the horn. MG, my guy Marcus Grant. We shall start with you. Uh,
3: well, I have I have mentioned on this podcast before my my fandom for Donald Glover and all the stuff so he does. Um, it's
4: not fair that one dude can be this town. right? Like, it's a, not a, fair. A annoying. Spread the wealth, dog. Yeah, it's like, it's not, okay. Right. So you're funny. He's a good actor. He can write. He can rap. He can sing. I mean, bro, it's like, not, man. that's not cool. Like, share the wealth a
3: little bit. He you cannot beat Michael Vick in a foot race, though. So there. <laughs> there Bam. you go. Boom. In your uh, um, <laughs> but you know, there was there was talk. Er, not talk. I mean, there was a a Deadpool animated series that was in the works. Okay. Uh, Donald Glover and his brother Steven were working with FX. Ooh. They're going to do a, a Deadpool animated series. They Donald p- Glover's on ATL, right? Correct.
4: And, which is on FX.
5: On
3: FX. Right. Atlanta,
5: um, for those that aren't hip on the lingo. Sorry. sorry. Uh,
3: but <laughs> for whatever reason, they pulled the plug on the series. The They gave the vague creative differences, whatever. Okay. Um I know there There was some talk that you know, maybe it fell apart because because Donald was too busy doing so many different things, uh, and that was why the show fell apart. That's why it was canceled, whatever. Well, this morning, oh. uh, or maybe late last night, right? on his Twitter feed, uh, he tweeted out in a thread a script for... Did he actually tweet out the actual script of it? He. It's like screenshots of no the way. script. It's like 15 pages of wow. the script of what would have been, or at least what he says would have been... The season finale. Oh, wait, and it was the finale, too. Not even the Deadpool. first episode. Not the first episode. It was the finale wow. of Deadpool. Jeez. Um it's amazing. It's hilarious. It's very topical. It's very timely in terms of like a lot of the things. But I got you. But it's in that Deadpool style. Or if you if you have read the comics or if you saw the movie even, where it's just that that kind of smartass style that Deadpool has, breaking the fourth, um, wall, and breaking the fourth wall and just just generally being a smartass. Yeah. It's so well done. Like I said, it's it's a longer thread. It's a 15 page script, but it is worth your time to go read it. I wonder what really it, and then be sad that we're not going to
4: get an actual yeah. animated series. <laughs> yeah, about you know it. what I mean. Like yeah. what well, what actually happened. In there i don't know i feel like that'd be perfect for netflix by the way that way you could keep that in, would be great that, that way you can keep in the cursing and right all that stuff you know right I and mean? keep it bloody although the only thing i've noticed deadpool that the, is bloody
3: fx seems to not be so stringent on the cursing yeah that's true. <laughs> that's true um,
4: that's true that's true and and actually they they they're, they're okay with blood too right uh but yeah no i i would be i, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a little bit of uh donald glover's uh deadpool on netflix who's gonna
5: say no to that not me who's gonna say no to that not me. Matt Harmon, what you got? Gosh, well, I uh, have two, actually. Oh. Uh, one. You started off with zero. Right, and then it all just came to me. Okay, good. I, forget, I mean, I'm so forgetful. About, I, the only thing I can remember in this life is, like, dates, like mm-hmm. – with. All right. On this day, this is a thing that's happening, or this. Oh, I thought you had just been with panel. girls. Not at all. I know when I'm supposed to be there, but I don't <laughs> know. Okay, uh, good. Or when they. It was, so I remember dates like when things happened yes. and stats. That's okay, it. That's it. That's uh, all everything else, okay. Not even, not even close. It's not gonna right. be gone. Um, but so this uh, weekend, I uh, saw a great movie uh, under the radar called Armageddon. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh only 20 years late uh, right <laughs> okay. but it was awesome i'm glad i finally watched it It was real just i mean it's a very kind of stupid movie is it ben
4: affleck's best movie
5: i don't know about that oh, man. i mean there's batman versus superman yeah okay so that one one's <laughs> i mean look look
4: at ben affleck's movies i'm not that far off it's definitely in the top three
5: that's probably worth a discussion okay. but it's a great movie uh glad i finally caught it it was funny because like i'm like yeah i have you know i already know how this ends
3: <laughs> well, since Earth still exists, <laughs> Earth exists. <laughs> well, it's not a
5: documentary, and you know what's stupid. But so I watched this with my girlfriend, and like yeah. there are a couple times when she's like, unbe- like, can't believe that! Like, yeah. that's not believable." I'm when like, did that movie come? I'm out? Like, girl, the whole movie, ninety-eight, ninety-eight. The whole, m- and you know, I talked about this with Gelhar, too, and he's like, "Yeah, there are some parts that really stretch the like. There are some plot holes," and I'm like, "Bro, they're landing an asteroid. They're landing a spaceship on an asteroid, and to using nuke a nuke it." Yeah.
3: To, to save the
5: planet. Although, yeah. Why are you two, like, worrying about plot holes? Well, th-
3: there was a <laughs> – not to jump in here, but there was a, a, an interesting story where yeah. Affleck was
5: yeah. interviewed yeah, about
3: yeah. the – and, okay. and during the filming process, he raised his hand and asked the director, you know, why is this story Michael about – Michael Bay, right? Yeah, yeah, Michael Bay. Why Why? God. Why is this story about taking you know, guys who run an oil rig mm-hmm. and training them to be astronauts, wouldn't it be easier just to teach astronauts to like run an, an oil, oil rig, rig and be dry? And the, the response was, shut up and say your lines. Right, exactly. Yeah. That was basically I think he shut the F up and yeah. say your lines,
5: actually. Uh, but, yeah, So, but it drives me nuts when people do that with movies. It's like, what What the hell are you looking for? Like, why does this need to check all the believable boxes? it <laughs> landing a damn rocket on an asteroid? Like, suspend a little bit of, like, disbelief here. It's a freaking movie. Anyways, oh, that's my one dap. Maybe it doesn't sound like it's actually a dap, yeah. though, but uh, my okay. second one – right. What the hell is my second one? No. Oh right, so I've been going through this. Another <laughs> He's thing, so fired up, right? Another now. thing I've frus- been frustrated about was yes. my refrigerator. My apartment is bro- has been broken. <laughs> it's broken. Uh, yeah, it was not like, and you know how I know because the things in were, it weren't cold. Oh, uh, you no. like go to grab a glass of beer, and I'm like, oh. that doesn't feel right. Uh, so I've been I've been dealing with that for probably about a a week and a half. I now. got th- I
3: got to hit him with the. Uh- is your refrigerator running? Yes,
5: <laughs> and I got to finally respond. Yes, anyway, no thanks. Anti dap to the okay. rats that I'm renting that apartment from. Will not be going back to that company again mm. after this lease is over. But daily daps to uh Eastern European name man named Alex who came and fixed my uh fridge <laughs> yesterday morning. Um, after he was supposed to do it Monday, but we'll leave uh, that okay. we'll leave that be. Right. Yeah. daily daps <laughs> we'll to give that him guy, that yeah. like I could not tell you how. how happy i was to come home from work yesterday after this got fixed in the morning and have a cold beer i didn't, uh, no just to have the food be cold <laughs> right <laughs> right right have exactly. to like be, like seriously i pulled Wait, out how long were you out of oh, the
4: refrigerator
5: like a like a week and a half oh my
3: god so it's not that it was like not cold it just wasn't cold enough it
5: just wasn't cold enough yeah like half of the ice trays were frozen <laughs> yeah, and the okay. other half we're okay. not. Okay. things like that, and it was great too. Perfect timing because it broke right as my dad came out to stay with me. Oh, and I'm like, oh, this is wonderful timing. Yes. Um. So. Yes. Yeah, but again, daily daps to uh Alex, the repair guy. There you go.
4: He made. Now you got food. He has
5: made my life much much easier.
4: I like it. Producer Christina, what do you got?
2: Uh. Well, I yes. know I'm very late to join the train, but. But. Um. Breaking Bad, I just was convinced to oh, start it oh, a few weeks a ago. I have been plowing through it. Oh, yeah? What season are you episode. on? Just started the last one.
3: Oh, wow.
4: jeez. Uh,
2: it's insane. <laughs> you are pl- I, I, <laughs> When That's I tell you, I've <laughs> glued to this. Jeez. <laughs> I have watched an embarrassing amount That's of funny. Breaking Bad episodes. On yeah, the they Sunday get you from do. the word
4: go, man. That first oh, episode yeah. is a killer. Oh,
2: yeah. I um, just started the last season. and I, Oh, there you go. Awesome. I'm trying not to watch every episode in one night, but it's, yeah. it's hard. It's
3: so hard. Now, do it. now that you're going to be finished with that, we've got to get you over to Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. I haven't, uh, watched, yeah, I haven't yep. watched Better yeah. Call Saul. Oh, Better
5: Call Saul you know, is great. Like whenever good. you end an
2: episode, it'll say, like, here's your recommended. That's, mm. like, the top
5: recommended. Yep, you need to get the Better Call Saul. Okay. So just book yourself another review. <laughs> exactly. <so. laughs> oh, my <laughs>
3: goodness. <laughs> there's, only the <laughs> there's only a couple of seasons to that. There's only a couple of seasons of that, so you'll – Oh, my goodness.
4: Wow, you went through a bunch of episodes.
5: So you're not one of those people that's, like – it. It was really slow to start, and I couldn't get it. Get no, momentum. I mean I also
2: hate those kind of people that are like, it, "It'll be slow to start, but you just gotta power through." Like I don't like the people who like that's how they introduce a show to you. They'll <laughs> say like, "Oh, it's a great series. First couple of episodes kind of suck, but just get through it." Like I, I but hate that. So no one. I explained didn't think Breaking Bad was that like, way. like that. I, I
5: didn't I've either, but it. I've heard people say that. Is that yeah, right? I, I heard
2: a few people say that, but it wasn't originally really? explained to me that way. So God. I was like, "Oh, this is great." Like from the first episode, to but me, also like.
3: Shows have to build a world and introduce characters.
5: Yeah. Well, you we definitely jump right in. Yeah, we, like, craziness. <laughs> like, you know. And I mean, spoiler alert here, but at the end of the first episode, the guy is uh, jumping out of an RV completely naked in, <laughs> <This is true. laughs> well, in his underwear in the middle no, of the that's, desert. That's, like, what I'm saying. that's like, like, pretty thrilling. Yeah, yeah how exactly. does this not get you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely yeah. in context of the rest of the series, it gets to be out more outrageous. Oh,
2: especially now when it's like big thing after big thing after big thing. Right.
5: God. But I think, you know. I don't get it. What Christina and I have both hit on here is that yes. people are stupid. Okay, exactly. the way people very consume very good media. Generally,
2: people are stupid. very dumb. Okay, yeah. very
5: dumb, and they're ruining it for the rest of us. And frankly, I won't stand for it. anymore. Uh, no, oh, me, neither. I, think me you, neither. I think you will.
4: Okay, I have a daily dap here for a white rapper by the name of Little Dicky. I enjoy Little Dicky. Oh, a I love it. So what, what a
5: shot. Yeah, I, I enjoy
4: yeah, his I, work. I, 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 I found this guy on YouTube, so. Uh, Also another shock for the co-man here. Uh, But no, uh, he has a a new song out. Uh, It's called Freaky Friday featuring Chris Brown. The concept of the video, uh, as you can tell from the title, is that he switches bodies. Little Dicky switches bodies with Chris Brown, and then they proceed uh, to sing about it. And Chris Brown, let me just tell you, he sells this thing, man. This video is amazeballs. If you have not seen Little Dicky's Freaky Friday featuring Chris Brown, you have not lived it's, a great, uh, it's wow. a great video. It's catchy. It's a good song, but the video itself is awesome, man. Uh, it also got me down the Little Dicky uh, black hole, and, uh, and I saw his uh, video. Um, it's called Save That Money. Featuring Fetty Wap. Is that the one where they made a they Kwan. made a whole video for like as little as possible? Yes. Yeah. He yeah.
2: spent like fifty dollars. Basically, making like exactly. a high budget.
4: Promised people boss. to plug their different things. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. was yeah. pretty good. It was great. It was great. Save that money, uh, by Little Dicky as well, featuring Fetty Wap and Rich Homie Quan. It's like how okay, I, I, these are pairings that I would not have thought of uh, <laughs> for Little Dicky. But no, I I went down that black hole and uh, and spent a good hour looking at that stuff too so there you go little dicky your daily dap that's going to close out your show big thank you to doug farrar for joining us as well but for matt Harmon, for mg my guy marcus grant producer christina i am james Co. we'll catch you later